This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you, where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong, and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. As always, the guest host of the show, trusty sidekick, Ramon B., ladies and gentlemen. Button pusher extraordinary. Oh, he's been pushing my buttons, let me tell you. Mm. Holy mackerel. So I like to always – we always start with the headline. You know, I like to give out news that you can use, infotainment. And we signify that by this exciting sound effect. Lame sound effects. The tension is building. Can you hear it? Now, this is on actual paper, so you know it's real, right? So uh, Disneyland. Have you been to Disneyland? Many a time. It's the happiest place on earth. Yes. Uh, when I was a little kid, uh, my grandma lived right by Disneyland. Wow. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Very nice. So Disneyland is now offering a $100 sandwich. So they're cutting their prices. <laughs> the more that story is. It's an expensive, the most expensive yeah. place on earth. It absolutely Did is. Did you forget the rest of the Oh, sandwich? yeah. Hold on. What the heck kind of a place are we running? What, what, what is this? I get this aftermarket sound effects stuff. Sorry. It's all in mackerel. Okay. So uh, last week I had a little Cliff, bit of a cliffhanger. 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 I, I have been waiting on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. This that was the name week. of my high school band, the Cliffhangers. The Cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had a coaching student. Now, my, now, fearless agents, they operate at a much higher level than most people, most agents. But not most people. They're worse than people, but they're better than other agents. And uh, occasionally they make mistakes. I know. Really? You look shocked. You looked shocked. Oh. Does this involve uh, this uh, cliffhanger? Did I ever tell you I had Botox? No. And I was very shocked with the results, but nobody could tell. Ah. It's a thinking joke. Yeah. No. That took a while. That was a thinker. It'll come to you later. Yeah. No. That's fine. Or not. Uh, so, uh, okay. So here's here's the problem. At the end of he's uh, the guy, very nice guy. I would trust him to list my house. But he skipped a couple of key steps. So we're going to go over that today. It's called how to stay out of jail, out of court. So uh, he lists a house and after the um, – comes down to oh the the first time the lady finds out how much she's getting in proceeds is from the HUD one statement at it's the day before closing, and she realizes she's in her words only getting thirty three thousand dollars. Oddly, that's the same amount as the commission. So what do you think she thinks of immediately? She 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 wants to go after his commission. So. Uh, and I'm going to argue that the lady has a right to his commission, oddly, because you know his his claim was, hey, she signed a thing that said, and he also didn't even charge seven percent; he only charged six percent, which is I find that abhorrent, but still it happened. So the reality is, he skipped some steps. So I'm going to go through the steps so everybody gets this as a fearless agent when you're a 
you know, most of the people are listening are not real fearless agents, but maybe someday. So you show up to the listing appointment, you're dressed appropriately, and you ring the bell, you smile, you pay him a compliment, you take him to the kitchen table, you uh, break the ice, and you get right down to business, and you do the expired list introduction. That gets their head right. It puts you in charge immediately. It shows them what's at stake. This is not about anything except success or failure. Then you go into the preview of coming attractions. That makes them feel comfortable with what you're going to be doing with them that night or during the meeting. And then then you ask them questions. Now, before you book the appointment or when you're booking the appointment, you should know their uh, you ask the million-dollar question, if you were going to win a million dollars by guessing correctly, what price realistically do you think a buyer would pay for your house? You get that answered. So now you know what I call the SPO, the seller's price opinion. And that will be a much different number than if you had said, how much do you think your house is worth? That would be a much higher number. So you get the uh, seller's price opinion and then you find out how much they owe. So then when you do the fearless agent listing presentation, which this guy did not do, he is a serial schmoozer, kind of a backslapping gladhander is what I would say, and uh, kind of uh, undisciplined and thought that his winning personality was going to be better than the fearless agent listing presentation. He now knows <laughs> when he's testifying in court, he knows that's not going to be true. So then at the end of the uh, – so, so you – at the end of the questions, there's a close which ends with the words, would there be anything keeping you from listing your house with me tonight? Well, if they say, oh, no, we'd have to think about it, pray about it, whatever about it, you'd say, no problem. Let's go take a look at your house. Then you look at the house. Then you come back. You're taking notes when you're looking at the house. Then you come back. You do the fearless agent listing – the rest of the fearless agent listing presentation. But they, but they are sold on you at the end of the questions before you ever take the tour. So now you're just doing this uh, objection-crushing, dumb idea-crushing, competition-crushing machine, which is the, re the remaining part of the – the fearless agent listing presentation. Then there's the close at the end. So in a nutshell, that's my philosophy of helping you sell your house for way, way more than it's worth, making the buyer grossly overpay. Would you say that's definitely what you're looking for? They always say yes to that remarkably. Then you say, so if we can agree on a price – uh, is it fair to say we're going to get the ball rolling tonight? Yes. So that has to get answered yes. Only then would you ever talk price. So then you do the fearless agent pricing presentation and at the end of it, there's a close. So you say, so I'll leave it entirely up to you, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. Now they're expecting you to ask them how much they think they should ask for their house. The truth is – now, they've already said to me, um, 
you know, why wouldn't we just underprice our house right off the bat? That was the whole purpose of that pricing presentation is to trick them into saying those words and it always happens. So – and again, he did not do the pricing presentation that I taught him, OK, because he thought his personality was going to be better and he's learned sadly it is not. So there's none of my personality in these presentations. Anybody could do it. And I would say leave your personality out. God, thank God I left my personality out of it, you know? Oh, if anybody's listening to this podcast. They know. know. It could not have helped me. Yeah, get that completely out. So they say, uh, why don't we – why wouldn't we just underprice our house right off the bat? I said, of course, that's true. But – and we'll talk about that. But I'll leave it entirely up to you how long – not how much, how long – do you actually want it to take for you to get your money? Now, that blindsides them and they go, oh, uh, and you know, well, they, they say whatever they say. Now, no matter what they say, unless it's some emergency like I got to be out of here in a week before we get foreclosed on or something like that, I'm, go- I'm going to recommend the same starting price. And again, I get to pick that. I don't allow the seller to have an opinion on Anything. Once they say, Bob, I want my house to sell for more than it's worth. Bob, I want to net tens or fifties or hundreds of thousands of dollars more than fair market value, more than any other agent can get me. At that point, they don't get to have opinions on how I do things. They do what I tell them to do. Every tiny little thing I tell them to do, they must do it that way with no uh, backtalk or questioning or anything because I'm the expert and they just get to sit back and watch the money roll in. So I then estimate the net. Now I'm estimating – now this is what he did not do. He did not estimate the net. He said, I think we should charge this or whatever for the house. So here's the formula that all fearless agents use. You take fair market value. Now fair market value – has an objective definition. It has nothing to do with comps, okay? It is the price at which when you're active in the MLS and the initial spurt of showings is over, that like let's say in the third week, the beginning of the third week active, you're you're getting one showing a day, not two or three, not three showings a week, one showing a day on average. That's seven for the week. Now, if I have a house that's priced at let's say three forty nine nine, and I'm getting in my market, your market, any market, and I tell you I'm getting, I'm in the third week of the listing, and I happen to be getting a showing a day, um, you're not going to wonder if I'm overpriced. I'm not. You're not going to say I'm underpriced. I'm not. In fact, you're going to say I'll sell that house within 30 days at 350 if that's the case. So that's the definition of fair market value, not something else. And everybody should know that if they're a real estate professional. So it's not what it's not what people are offering. It's not uh, it's not what the appraiser thinks. None of that matters. If you're getting a showing a day, it's going to sell at 350 guaranteed in less than 30 days. So now. I'm going to take that price that now I'm guessing of course I'm going to take that price and I'm going to subtract 12% from that number. 
Now, that 12% represents all the costs. It's my 7% plus closing costs plus unforeseen disasters. And then I'm minusing, subtracting from that remaining balance what they told me they owed, rounded up maybe a thousand or two to cover some other unforeseen things like that prepayment penalty they didn't know about or didn't tell me about. And then that's the number that I'm going to have them make their plans on. Now, in his case, and we're not mentioning his name, have you noticed that I'm not embarrassing anybody? Protecting the guilty? Well, when he hears this, he will be embarrassed. He'll but, know who. But he won't – no one else knows. You know, Fair so. enough. So um, – and if he was here like he like he should be, then we wouldn't be telling the story. Oh, See, that's exactly. the thing. That's the thing. You can protect yourself by being present. So if he had done that calculation, because I went through the numbers with her, with him, about her, the balance would have been, and I want everybody to write this down if you're scoring at home, he would have I, I would say, I want you to plan on me handing you a check for, and then I give that number. Okay, so it's fair market value rounded down. If I'm if I'm minus twelve percent, minus what they told me they owed me, rounded up, and then that number. I want you to make your plans on me handing you a check when it's all said and done. For and I'm very good at getting you more than this, but I want you to make your plans on. And in this case, he should have said, "I want you to make your plans on you writing a check." at closing for only $5,000. Any questions? Now, would he have gotten the listing if he'd have said that to her, which is the honest truth? He's shaking his head no. For those of you who can't see on Radio Vision, Ramon is skeptical about his ability. He said no. But that was the truth. Now, he ended up getting her $33,000 because he did a bunch of other things right. But she was not making her plans on him taking 5000 from her and then getting her you know, 38000 more than that, which would be her being very pleasantly surprised. So he screwed that up. So then when the offer came in, Okay, so step number one: you do the close at the end of uh, at the end of the uh, pricing presentation. Then you estimate the net. Now you do it on a calculator. You're not telling them. Now they'd say, "Bob, how did you arrive at that number?" I'd say, "I used a thing called mathematics." So I want you to make your plans on me handing you a check for X, or in this case, writing me a check for five thousand dollars. Any questions? And if they say no. Yeah, we know. We know. Yeah, that was probably going to happen. We don't know. That's fine. So, in my early real estate career, because the market had been going down consistently for about uh, ten years, uh, you know, many people had to write a check at closing. That was not very uncommon, even though they had owned the house for ten years, they hadn't paid it down enough to to get past that. So, now we're at the uh, offer time. Then an offer comes in. When the offer comes in, I use a visual in the fearless agent listing presentation that's a net sheet on paper. Now, every agent should know how to do a net sheet thumbnail on the dust on the hood of a minivan. You know, 
you, you should be able to do that. So you, you, I don't want anybody using one of these stupid apps or something to f- calculate the cause. Write it out and then have the seller initial it. So if he had done that, he would she would be basing her decision on $33,000 net and she would have signed that piece of paper. There's no way at clo- two days before closing she would have said, hey, I didn't know I was going to get $33,000 a month ago is when he should have done that. And then that would and that would have kept him from saying the words she did say, which is, I'm going to call my attorney. And um, I hope his personality is so schmoozy and great that it digs him out of this mess. But uh, if he doesn't give up that commission, he's going to go to court. And if I was that lawyer, I would be eviscerating him in court. There's no way out of that. Now, if I went to court, and some junkyard dog lawyer, like we've had in the studio. We have had a lawyer here in the studio. Remember that? Uh, yes. Real estate guy. Now, he defended agents. But the if I had estimated the net and I had documented that they signed the, the net sheet, being of sound mind, there's no way I would lose. I would win that. So don't – the moral of that story is don't skip any steps. And by the way, if any of the stuff that we talk about on this podcast makes sense to – and I can't imagine it does. But if it does, uh, makes sense to you and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you are open to the idea of having some help with that, if you would like to learn more, you can call me anytime toll-free at 480-385-8810. That's my cell phone. And we'll just see if what you're trying to do in your real estate career and what we do, if it would be a good fit. So I'll do a complimentary coaching call with you, ask you questions, to, and you can ask me any question. You know, We can do that any way you want, but uh, I have a format that I normally follow to keep, keep you and me on track. Um, at the end of it, I will not be closing you. Uh, if you decide it's a good fit, you can sign up online. Uh, if you're if you already know it's a good fit for any of you listening, you can of course sign up online. Go to fearlessagent.com. Uh, also, subscribe to fearlessagent.tv. Uh, watch all the videos there. Go to the video training page on my website. If you're an owner and you would like to recruit producing agents, non-problem causing producing agents. Uh, like a maniac and get very rich doing that, call me 480-385-8810. And um, so now back to the topic. So the the goal is – so here's, here's, here's what he said to me. Um, and he's a very nice guy by the way and I would feel comfortable listing my house with him. So he's a little fast and loose with the presentations, doesn't stick, doesn't – he's a – step skipper. He admits this, by the way. He's not uh, not uh, lying to himself about it. But he said to me, he goes, uh, he goes, Bob, I don't have to worry because she signed an agreement saying that she was going to pay me 6%. And I said, no, you actually do need to worry because what you did was incompetent and unprofessional and you care about her paying you but you didn't care at all about telling her how much she was going to get paid. So if it's all about you, yeah, 
that's great. <laughs> you have this piece of paper saying you're going to get paid, but that's going to get that's going to look like Swiss cheese at court. I guarantee you. So, when you're a fearless agent, and he is this way generally, but you you want to care about the customer more than you care about getting paid. Now, I'm the guy who always advocates that you charge more than everybody else, and yours, and you know you always. Uh, offer three as a co-broke to the other agent, which is uh, customary, but you get four. And the reason you get four is because you're so professional and you care so much about the client that you're doing magic tricks that no other agents can. So they end up netting tens of thousands of extra dollars, even though you're charging one, two, or three percent more than any other agent would charge them. You're, they're still going to net way more money because we know how to do that and they don't. So once you've learned how to do that, you can charge you know what you're worth and, uh, and, the, and still do a great job. So always care about the customer. So when I'm going on a listing presentation, I don't really ever uh, – or when I did go on listing presentations, I never really care about anything other than I hope they allow me to give my presentation because if I'm allowed to give my presentation, it'll do its job and then whatever happens, happens. And I'm, I'm not – you know, God's in charge of the outcome. I'm just the input guy. But some people keep interrupting you. They can't – they just can't I was going to ask you how, how often do you get derailed and is it easy to come back? Oh, it's easy to, to the presentation. You know, you know what the trick for that is? Is I'd, I'd start at like one section of, of it. So I'd ask a question. And then they'd interrupt me and then they'd go off on some tangent, some big, long, narcissistic story about how smart they are, how many houses they've sold and how much they know about real estate even though they own a plumbing contracting business. And, uh, and then when they're all done, I'd say, uh, is there anything more you want me to know about your plumbing contracting business? Or, and they'd say no. And then I'd go back to the very beginning of where I started and I'd start and I'd ask that question over again and they realize if they keep interrupting me, we're going to be here until next year because I keep starting over. And that's not a good sign. Narcissism is a bad uh, – it's a bad – it doesn't lead to paychecks. I'll but it also that. proves the fact that you have to stay on these steps yeah. or you will get derailed. Yeah, if I go to a surgeon, I don't want him to say, oh, I think this time I'm not going to wash my hands before we cut them open. You know, I, I don't want him skipping steps. They have a thing. They don't skip. You know, if you ever go to a medical procedure, uh, they always uh, – what's the, the first thing they always do is they put this little wristband on you. You know, they, they – uh, well, first they ice down the room to about 30 below zero. Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed that? And then, they, and then they say, would you like a warm blanket? I go, no, just turn the heater on. <laughs> I don't need a warm blanket if you just turn the freaking heater on. And then they – oh, they ask you your birthday 15 times. I never get a card. I don't know what that's all about. But, but they have all these little – I guess they know what they're doing. I hope they do. Um, but I, I'm not going to skip steps. So I have a tried and true presentation that always works 100 percent of the time. There are no exceptions. And, uh, and my coaching program is like that. I don't skip steps in this. I always do the same thing. You always get rich. And if you do what I tell you to do – you're going to have the outcome that both you want to have and I want you to have, and we're not going to customize it. I'm not interested in anybody's opinion on how I should coach them. I have that figured out. I was had that figured out before you were born probably. So if you just do 
exactly what fearless agents do. You don't skip steps. You're going to have a good uh, outcome, and you're not going to go to court. And uh, and and not have and really worse than that would be uh, just having a dissatisfied customer. The funny thing is that lady was somebody who had the ability to do multiple transactions with him, you know, and she hadn't owned that property long enough to have enough equity, uh, which is a which is a problem. But if you see that coming, you know, I always say attack the elephant in the room. Don't avoid it. The elephant in the room is she had no equity, so. Right off the bat, I would say something like, you know, when people have no equity and you have no equity and that's not your fault, it's you put very little down, you bought it only a year ago and now you're selling it too quick. You know, real estate is a long-term investment. It's not a short-term thing. And the great likelihood is that people in your situation, they write a huge check at closing. Now, when I say that to people, they go, oh my gosh, you're going to write a huge check. I preconditioned them for that, and then when they find out it's only five thousand, they go, "Oh, you know, that's not so bad." So, and then it, we teach the dilemma dialogue and all that stuff that I got from Floyd to, you know, just set them up so that you're letting them down easy, but they're still they're getting the truth. So, uh, any uncomfortable conversation in real estate, have it. You know, don't uh, don't say, "Oh, I don't want to talk about that." because I don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, I don't want to hurt their feelings either, but uh, if you think handing them a check way less than they were expecting isn't going to hurt their feelings, you're crazy. It is going to hurt their feelings, and then they're going to hurt your feelings. So just you know, always – if you're a, if you're a real live fearless agent, you're not going to – and I think he's learned his lesson. I think – excuse me. I need coffee again. Can we do coffee? We can do some coffee. We can do a song. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I feel better already, don't you? You look great too, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. So the uh, uh, you know I've had a little work done. I mentioned the Botox. Botox, yeah, <laughs> that's right. So the idea is, if you're going to be a real live fearless agent, uh, all you got to do is learn five presentations, be great on the phone, and being great on the phone comes from being on the phone a lot. And just being nice, getting your schedule right, uh, making sure every day kind of looks the same. If you're part-time or you have other obligations, that becomes even more important. So again, you can call me anytime directly at 480-385-8810. Please do give us a five-star review of this podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Have fun. As always, be humble, but most of all, be fearless. Thanks, gang. Oh,